This episode is made possible by Partisan. In the US, Amazon dominates the online marketplace landscape. According to an article from TechCrunch, Amazon is bound to claim 38.7% of the entire e-commerce market in the United States. Compare that to the number 2 player Walmart who only has a 5.3% share. And in China, Alibaba mirrors Amazon's dominance. Basically, Alibaba and Amazon's commanding lead is now set. But in Southeast Asia, it still is up for grabs since there is still no one dominant player in the region. Google and Temasek Holding study concluded that the region's digital economy is expected to triple in size to $240 billion by 2025, with e-commerce forming a huge chunk of this growth. And this has not been left unnoticed. Online marketplaces such as Tokopedia, Bukalapa, eBay, Zalora, Q10, among many other brands have made a push to become the leader in the region. But it's clear that there is one big player making bigger strides, Lazada. Lazada was founded in 2012 by Maximilian Bittner with the backing of Rocket Internet, which was launched to replicate Amazon's success in Southeast Asia. Alibaba has since been incrementally investing in Lazada and now owns 83% of it. It felt like Lazada's lead was too sizable, but that's until 2015, when a new challenger entered the picture, Shopee. So how did Shopee start out? Well, Shopee was launched by Garena. Garena is an extremely profitable company based in Singapore. It is an online game and social platform, kinda like Steam, but more focused on games that appeal to the market in Southeast Asia. And the man behind Garena is its founder, Forrest Lee. Forrest Lee was born and raised in Tianjin, China. When he was studying in a university in Shanghai, he would spend most of his nights playing games at an internet cafe, oftentimes until dawn. So ever since, he really was an avid gamer. And I guess this played a role in him launching Garena later on. Anyway, it's interesting to know that the reason why his name is Forrest, because the first thing you would probably think of is Forrest, like from Forrest Gump. Well, actually, yes. Because when he was taking his English class back in college, his professor asked the class to come up with an American name. And while many of his classmates went for Michael after Michael Jordan, Lee chose the name Forrest. Because just like Forrest in the movie Forrest Gump, Lee is shy and a bit of an outlier. And so the name Forrest suited him well. And I guess he just embraced that name ever since. Especially since after college, he took his MBA at Stanford. Stanford is where he'd meet the love of his life, and his wife actually passively played crucial roles in Forrest's success. For one, Forrest attended his wife's graduation ceremony in 2005. This is where Steve Jobs made the viral commencement speech video you may have seen on YouTube. Stay hungry, stay foolish. These lines ignited a fire in Forrest Lee, and he'd play this commencement speech video on YouTube every day for months, claiming that this gave him the courage to launch Garena. And you know why Garena was launched in Singapore? Well, once again, it's because of Forrest Lee's wife. They were still dating when they were in the US, but his wife needed to head back to Singapore because of her scholarship bond with Temasek Holdings. These big companies in Singapore grant scholarships for their employees. They send them to the US to study, provided that these students come back and work for the company for a specific period of time. This was also the case for Hu Willing Tan, co-founder of Grab. So because of this, his wife needed to head back to Singapore. But his wife's father encouraged Forrest Lee to move to Singapore so as not to allow the relationship to die. And so he did. Forrest Lee moved to Singapore and three years later, launched Garena. 
Now, Garena, as I mentioned, is kinda like Steam, where gamers get access and get to download a range of their favorite games. Garena is not a game developer. They simply buy the distribution rights to specific mobile and PC games and distribute it via their platform primarily focused in the Southeast Asia region. Since their product is purely digital, and because Garena has successfully tapped into the network effect, the company is incredibly profitable. By 2015, Garena's gross revenue has grown 95% to 300 million US dollars. In 2016, it became the market leader in interactive digital content and esports in Southeast Asia. Because of Garena's formidable grasp, understanding of the region, and operational expertise, it has strategically built on that possession of strength to launch two complementary consumer offerings. In 2014, they launched AirPay, Garena's entry into digital financial services which has become one of the biggest in the region. AirPay services include payment processing, micro-lending, and all digital financial services that its large user base will be using in Garena and of course on something new they were expecting to launch in 2015, Shopee. And so now let's talk about Shopee. Shopee is an online marketplace launched by Garena in 2015. Shopee came in way too late in the online marketplace game. Lazada entered in 2012, Tokopedia 2009, Zalora 2012, and Bukalapa 2011. So the team behind Shopee knew that they needed to do something different to achieve a first mover advantage. Chris Feng, Shopee CEO, shared that they basically studied what people loved and hated about other e-commerce platforms. And so they studied online marketplaces like Rakuten, Alibaba, Gumtree, and the Classifieds, identifying why people love these brands and building on those, and at the same time, figuring out what issues people had with these brands and finding a fix. Feng said that Shopee is a Frankenstein of all the best parts of the platforms we know and love. And the result? Well, as of 2019, Shopee, despite being entering the market significantly later after Lazada and Togopedia, Shopee has risen in the ranks faster than any other player. In the first quarter of 2019, Shopee eclipsed Lazada in terms of site visits, but market leadership remains in the hands of Lazada, which I will later on discuss. Regardless, you can't ignore the fact that Shopee's growth rate is quite explosive. So how exactly did Shopee achieve this? What is it doing differently? While everyone else was focusing on building their websites as their main platform, Shopee studied the data and took a look at the trends it revealed. This is an advantage of launching late. You get to see what the current trends are and be able to ride the wave. And this is exactly what Shopee did. Data from a study run by Google and Temasek showed that the average person in Southeast Asia spends at least 3.6 hours a day accessing the internet via their phones. Seeing how the future could be on mobile and not on desktop defined Shopee's direction. One other advantage of this decision was that studies show that app users tend to spend more money per order and are more loyal to a specific brand as compared to web users. And so when Shopee launched, it was launched first as an app. And while Lazada was running after website traffic, Shopee applied a mobile-first approach, investing heavily in refining the in-app experience and running marketing campaigns that drew more and more people to the app. It was risky, but data doesn't lie. And Shopee's bet on focusing heavily on mobile paid off handsomely. 90% of Shopee's transactions are done via the app. Another reason why Shopee grew so fast was because of the number of sellers on the marketplace. And in order to draw in more sellers, Shopee added features that every business needs to successfully thrive online. Shopee basically made selling easier. 
The chat feature helps stores create relationships with their customers. The customer review feature allowed stores that did well to broadcast their success stories. And access to Shopee's logistics management tool made it less hassle for sellers to handle shipping. Plus, in the early days of Shopee, they waived transaction fees, making it a complete no-brainer to join the platform. The combined effect of all these attracted an enormous number of small businesses onto the site, allowing it to go head-to-head with Lazada's wide number of sellers. Shopee also understood that most people in Southeast Asia do not have credit cards. Cash was king in the region. And so aside from payment via credit cards and digital payments, it offered cash on delivery as a payment method. Shopee then partnered up with remittance and payment centers that people are already familiar with and have been using regularly. They made it incredibly easy for people to buy on Shopee, especially every time Shopee holds its ridiculous site-wide sales, which is usually once a month, which draws in a significant amount of online shoppers. A report stated that 90% of Shopee's marketing budget is allocated for flash sales, subsidy of free shipping, and discount vouchers. Free shipping subsidies allow sellers to sell more, and discount vouchers are incredibly attractive to online shoppers, so it's a win-win for both sides. A lot of cash is being burned by Shopee with these promos, something that other platforms will not be able to afford, making this a very competitive advantage. To make sure that as many people as possible know about these site-wide sales, Shopee has enlisted the help of high-profile brand ambassadors. They do this in two ways. They would enlist a celebrity that is popular in the entire Southeast Asia region, and at the same time, they also enlist celebrities that are popular to a specific country. Celebrity endorsements are quite effective in this region, and so Shopee did not hesitate to spend big on these pricey investments. In 2018, Shopee brought in Blackpink as its first regional brand ambassador. Blackpink, of course, is the incredibly popular K-pop group that has built quite a cult-like following of fans, especially in Southeast Asia. Blackpink's appointment was timed to coincide with Shopee's 12-12th birthday sale. Discounts of up to 80% were held during the one-day-only sale. And in 2019, Shopee signed Cristiano Ronaldo for an undisclosed amount. Considering that Cristiano Ronaldo is an endorser of Nike, this investment must have been pretty sizable. And this isn't even considering that they made Cristiano Ronaldo do that silly dance in the Shopee commercial, which I assume must have cost them more money to be able to convince him to do such a thing. Now, in terms of signing up local celebrities who are influential in a specific country, Shopee Philippines demonstrated this when they enlisted boxing legend Manny Pacquiao, Anne Curtis, Jose Marie Chan, and Sarah Geronimo as Shopee brand ambassadors in the Philippines. This comes from Shopee's understanding that each country is different and that in Southeast Asia, to succeed, you have to go hyper-local. And that's why Shopee has a different standalone app that is specific for each country. In Indonesia, Shopee's app has a dedicated section for Islamic products and services considering that Indonesia has a sizable Muslim market. And in Thailand and Vietnam, knowing that celebrity endorsements have a lot of influence, Shopee features online stores that sells items curated by top celebrities there. The combined impact of all these things that Shopee is doing right is the reason why despite being launched three years after market leader Lazada, it has been breathing down its neck, chasing down its lead. In fact, in the first quarter of 2020, Shopee is the most downloaded shopping app in the whole of Southeast Asia. But it still has a long way to go in its battle for dominance against Lazada, considering the deep pockets funding Lazada's growth. As I mentioned earlier, 83% of Lazada is owned by the Alibaba Group. 
Alibaba is the Amazon.com of China and is valued at 480 billion US dollars as of December 2019. Growing an online marketplace requires massive amounts of capital because it is expected that to fuel growth, profits are not the priority yet. And that's why Alibaba's backing comes in handy. Along with Alibaba's investment is Alipay as the main payment system. Alipay is profitable and so operating it alongside Lazada helps sustain Lazada's cash burn. Take note that Alibaba did the same thing when they invested in Didi Chuxing to battle it out with Uber in China. Because when Alibaba invested in Didi Chuxing, it brought along with it exclusive use of Alipay as the main payment method. And apparently, not having Alipay as a payment option became too much of a hassle for many people in China, which pushed them to opt for Didi Chuxing instead of Uber. And so Alibaba is pushing this same advantage for Lazada. And just like Lazada, Shopee is also bleeding out cash as it grows. In 2019, reports show that Shopee incurs a total cost per order that is twice as high as its revenues. But Shopee is showing signs of improvement. In Q3 2019, it incurred losses of up to $31 million, which is down from $180 million in 2018. Shopee's losses are subsidized by its mother company, Garena, which is incredibly profitable. One positive thing about Shopee is that despite its aggressive growth strategy, it's also reducing losses. In 2017, Garena restructured and rebranded itself into C Limited. C Limited became the holding company with Garena, Shopee, and C Money operating under it. C Limited then filed for an IPO on the New York Stock Exchange in October 2017, aiming to raise 1 billion US dollars. And just when you think Alibaba backed Lazada will be too much for Shopee, well, Shopee has its own set of backers. In 2016, C-Town Holdings, which is a subsidiary of Temasek Holdings, invested in C Limited. Remember when Forrest Lee's wife needed to return to Singapore for work? The company she was and still is working for is Temasek. So it's funny how all these things played out. And if you're unfamiliar with Temasek, well, it is a holding company owned by the government of Singapore. The following year, JG Summit Holdings invested in C Limited. JG Summit is owned by the Gokongways, one of the richest families in the Philippines. And most importantly, don't forget that 39.7% of Shopee is owned by Tencent. Tencent is Alibaba's rival in China. While Alibaba's core business is e-commerce, Tencent is primarily known for WeChat the super app that dominates China. Tencent also has a huge stake in the gaming industry with its partial ownership of PUBG and Riot Games, the creators of Fortnite. So yes, there is a lot of muscle behind Lazada but there's enough firepower behind Shopee as well. Lazada has already shown signs of panic as it has seen three CEO changes in under three years. Alibaba has assigned their top executives to run Lazada but they have still failed to stop Shopee from growing to the top. And this is where some of Lazada's problems are coming from. You see, there is a common tendency in China of pushing things the Alibaba way since it has worked in China. But that's the thing. Time and time again, Southeast Asia proved that hyper-localization is the only way. So as managers replicate how they do things in Southeast Asia, their disregard for local cultures became their downfall, or in this case, led to the emergence of Shopee. As a result, according to the research firm iPrice, by the end of 2019, Shopee became the most downloaded shopping app and the most used app in the Southeast Asia region, knocking Lazada to second place. 
According to Sea Limited's financials, in Q1 2020, Garena contributed 51.7% of the group's net revenues, and the remaining was split between Shopee and Sea Money. Let's just say that Sea Limited is doing well, and Farsley is becoming richer and richer. He's currently the chairman and CEO of Sea Limited, and at age 41, is one of Singapore's wealthiest. A part of this is because of his 13% stake of Sea Limited, but mostly this is because of the success of Garena's game, Free Fire, which is dubbed as the Fortnite of Singapore. In May of 2020, Free Fire peaked at 80 million daily active users and more than 350 million registered users. The success of this game turned Farsley into only the second person to become a billionaire because of a game. The first, of course, is Tim Sweeney, the creator of Fortnite. And so as of May 2020, Farsley's net worth is around $6.4 billion. And it doesn't seem like Farsley is showing any signs of slowing down. With Shopee still in the growth stage, I'm very much interested to know how far they can go, especially in their battle against Lazada. And only time will tell who takes the crown in Southeast Asia. And so that's about it guys. Now you know about the brand origin story of Shopee. Just so you know, there's a video version of this episode on our YouTube channel. Be sure to like and subscribe. If you enjoyed this show, it would mean a lot if you can tell your friends about Brand Origins. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, so you can say hi to us there as well. This episode is made possible by Partisan. Visit PartisanStudios.com My name is Chris. I'll catch you again next time for another episode of Brand Origins.